Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of Compassion and Courage, Conversations in Healthcare. This is the podcast where we teach compassionate communication, provide perspective, and inspire resilience. Uh, I'm your host, Marcus Engel. Your hostess with the mostess is the hotness, Marveline Engel. Hello, and I have to tell you, one, it just started raining outside, so you may hear the thunder, but that's okay. Just go get hot chocolate and we'll do this. This is, I'm so excited about the topic that we're talking about today um, for multiple reasons, but one of the questions we're going to answer is a question that you get asked all the time. Yeah, it, it almost seems like there's there's a, a list of questions that I'm asked every time I give a, a keynote speech. And one of them is, when did you know that this is what you wanted to do with your life? Or when did you, uh, when did you know you wanted to write and speak, etc.? And there's a lot of different answers to that, but but what I what I really have to think about is I, I'm not that much different than everybody else. They say like 80% of Americans decide that they want to write a book, and I think everybody should write a book. I'm not saying everybody should publish a book, but I do <laughs> think everybody should write a book. So um, so where it came in for me was if you can reflect back on the trauma that I experienced, which was. Uh, six weeks of hospitalization. Most of that time, I had a trach in my throat, and I was not able to speak. So I spent several weeks writing out everything longhand to communicate with my my caregivers and with my family and my patient, uh, my parents, and with my uh, my friends, my doctors and nurses. So that really laid the foundation of what I thought of whenever I wanted to write a book about my experiences. I knew I had had some pretty unique experiences and I wanted to share those with the world. Hence, sometime I sat down and put my butt in a seat and started writing. <laughs> and You know, tracheostomies have become a part of our language. I think everybody understands that. Uh, most people, but it means literally you can't make sounds, you can't speak right. at all. So being able to uh, answer when you got to the stage, you could answer your family's questions, your visitors' questions, your health care team's questions. Your mom is so precious. I love her for so many reasons. But one of them is she kept every single legal pad page that you wrote on, and she actually put the date on it um, and there it ends up being a stack inch and a half maybe high of just the torn off pages from legal pads where you would write ways to communicate right and can I have some water can I have something for pain uh, who's in here where did you go those kind of things I, see you have this photographic memory I don't know that you realize it's like this far from being actual pho photographic because when, when we began writing after this, we took those pages from your mom, and they were already chronological, and I could open, pick out a random page, and I could say, this one says, you know, I, this, what, whatever I said. And you could almost tell me everything else. That the story around it, page. yeah. Who else was there? Who, uh, who was I talking who to? Who you were talking yeah. to. You filled in all the blanks. 
And considering the amount of pain medication, they were trying so hard to keep you comfortable. The trauma, the adrenaline, all of the, the you know, things you would feel in that setting, that you can remember those was still mind-blowing. It was to me at that time when I first realized you could do that, and it still is. And that became really the foundation for writing this book, which is, by the way, we haven't said this, it's called After This, uh, An Inspirational Journey for All the Wrong Reasons. And can you not think of a better title than that? But um, people ask me, what was your favorite book that I've helped edit of yours? And, and everybody knows, I shouldn't say everybody knows, but if you know me, you probably know I'm here, and you probably know the other end of the stethoscope, but not as many people know after this, although it was the first book of mine to ever come out in a hard copy. That's right. And that's true, and oh man, Stetho and I'm here are fabulous. But after this, it's two times as big as those, at least twice as big. And um, it is the whole story. It starts right before the wreck, goes through the wreck, the hospitalization, and it is raw and real and takes you into the mind of someone suffering an unimaginable tragedy and how they became resilient. It goes through... All the way through you going to O&M school, right. which is orientation and mobility and learning all kinds of skills and getting back to college. Mm -hmm. So what we decided to do when we wrote We're going to test my photographic memory? No, no I'm not going to oh, do okay. that. I meant when we, um, when we did the book originally. One of the things that was really precious and important to do is we got to uh, choose a few, and it was really hard, of those handwritten pages and actually photocopy them into, into the, the book. book. And um, I don't know, maybe we'll be able to attach some of those. But it's they say stuff like, and I'm just going to randomly open pages. I have a couple like, um, I need a pain shot. You know, I need a glass of water. Um, th this one I found really interesting. It was, did you get pictures of the car? And... What do you know about the other driver? And then the abrasion on my butt hurts, which I, the combination of those things together that your mind is just flipping, but you had road rash so, so bad. bad. And we talk about um, that you had you know, hip displaced and the double compound fractures and all of the trauma you suffered. But I think you might have complained about road rash and the pain of it some of the most because it rips layers of skin off your whole body. Well, and of course, if somebody's got road rash that's on the their butt or their posterior region of any sort and you're laying in a hospital bed, you're aggravating that injury. Right. You, and, it doesn't get a break. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's so many things. I can't, I won't. But one, one thing I want to go to is... Um, you, on this one page, you say, get me a pain shot. And then you said, and you underlined this. So there is absolutely nothing. I don't have a chance for improvement, a transition, or something. And Transplant. Trans, 
I think that's Transplant. what you mean. Yeah, this is yeah. me talking to those ophthalmologists. I think. Mm. But but right, and then you say, no, this is not was not when you were talking to the. Oh, it's not. No, this is okay. a different page. But you say, why didn't I just die? Yeah. Why live like this? Yeah. It's a and contemplative question, right? It is a real question, and it is an early in the stage of your acceptance question. And the book talks about what else was happening, and then we've got these handwritten pages in where you can see inside your mind at the time. You're not depending on memory to go back and say, well, I felt like this, I felt like that. You're actually saying it in the moment. So that is why this is my favorite book. It's a little bit longer. Um, sometimes, you know, I say, oh, I'm here is great because, you know, you can sit in the bathroom and read it. Um, did you ever do those with Reader's Digest? Oh, constantly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this is not Short a bathroom reading. book. And it's actually, we've had more than one person say they got on an airplane with it and just could not stop again because what's so unique is it's going inside your mind during the most horrific traumas what i didn't realize when i was writing out those pages i didn't realize until hmm what 20 years later yeah, was years later. 20 years later probably or so that I was doing narrative medicine. I was actually using narrative medicine, even though I didn't know it, uh, to process through. I, I think some of those things like, uh, don't you know if there's any chance for improvement? That's That you see the processing going on and the acceptance of turning this over in my mind. Is this a possibility? And how, how do we go? Uh, so so you, you start to see those things. I guess I didn't realize until much later the power of storytelling and writing out our stories. Even though it was communication on the most basic level, it wasn't just get me water, get me a paint shot. It was truly trying to understand this incredible trauma and loss that I had gone through. So my point with writing the entire book was to try to show people the things that had benefited me on that road to recovery. And that was a long, lengthy, painful road to recovery. It's not about my story. It's about what were the things that, that I was able to implement that you can also implement in your own life. Because after all, I'm just one person, right? I'm just one person. Yeah, I may have a unique or interesting trauma story, but really more than that, it's what are you going to get out of this read? You know, I one I think one of the reasons I love this title is that it says an inspirational journey for all the wrong reasons. And then it's like, well, what is the right reasons to be, you know... To, to have something. Most people that we meet that have suffered great adversity and succeeded well um, didn't do anything to cause their adversity. Right. 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 It's whether uh, drew the bad luck card of 
uh, a disease or potentially a disability or whatever the case may be, the lot in life that, um, you know, why does anything happen to anybody? That's, that right. becomes the question. And most, most people have some adversity in their life. And we don't compare around here. We can't. No. We can't compare that, you know, I'm really hurting because of this, but that doesn't compare to being in doesn't the car. Doesn't compare to being in a car, car wreck, yeah. So we don't, we don't compare, so you can't compare either. If you're dealing with adversity and pain and suffering and trauma from just a day-to-day work life or something, you, you have suffered. Have suffered. And so what we do, what I do in narrative medicine work, uh, in any type of narrative work, is to help people own their stories and have the invitation to write their stories, feel comfortable writing that story, and then also, if they choose, sharing their story. And why do we do this? Because we are at our most human when we are listening to the experiences of other human beings and we are sharing our experiences as human beings with others. If you go back to caveman times when they're sitting around the cave at night uh, or sitting around the fire at night, guess what's being told? Stories of what transpired during that day, the human stories that nut us all together as residents of this planet. And that we learn from and we heal from. And you had no idea at the time but you were doing narrative work. I was doing narrative work. The people work. around you were because they were reading and listening and observing. And by sharing it, you're continuing to do narrative work. And when we read it, we participate in the witnessing part of witnessing someone's suffering and being moved by it and seeing how we can carry that forward into our life. So often when I'm doing a narrative medicine, narrative nursing, or narratives of healing and healthcare workshop, uh, someone will share a story and it's got some vulnerability to it, right? Yes, it's got yes. some loss. And I, I, I feel like we human beings are often afraid to share our stories until we have an invitation. And by doing these workshops, it presents the invitation. It's amazing how much the individual uh, speaker feels better after sharing that story. And it's amazing the amount of empathy and compassion and connection that the other recipients, the, the, the witnesses of that person's story, uh, how much they get out of it too. It's, it's a really beautiful thing to see that, that bonds teams together and, mm -hmm. and, and really helps us see the inherent humanity in all of us. It does, and it, it increases your own resiliency. Sure. By telling your story and knowing you were heard and listened to. Yeah. So that is why, after this, an inspirational journey for all the wrong reasons, um, just ekes out the other two is my favorite. It's like kids, you know, don't have a favorite, but come on, we usually do. Um, <laughs> and I'm just teasing. But it just ekes them out by a little bit because I love that it's the whole story in one place. And I think it's a great foundation for the other two books. But, yeah, it has a very special place in my heart. And we met this way. 
because of this book. So that's right. All the reasons, and that's another podcast you can go back and look at. Um, how did we meet? How did we meet? So writing your memoir. Uh, boy, uh, yeah. So life. whenever I wrote a memoir, it of course changed my life. And of course, once you write a memoir, you hear from many other people how they would like to write a memoir. So uh, I thought I'd give you give you a couple of ideas for if you want to write a memoir and. I think you should, right? Here's the invitation right here, right now. Write the book, yes. write the book, put your butt in the seat, write the book. Um, really, that's my, that's my first piece of advice, right? Butt in seat, fingers on keyboard, or fingers a around a pencil, pencil yeah. and, a, and a legal pad. Uh, but sit down and start writing. Maybe during the writing process, you figure out that, hey, I don't want this to be a book. Or this isn't a book. And maybe it turns into something else. Maybe it's an essay. Maybe it's a short story. Maybe it's a blog post. Maybe it's a letter to yourself or a letter to someone else. Just sit and start to write and see where it goes. But the second piece of advice that I give to everyone is to run, don't walk, and get yourself a copy of Stephen King's book, on writing a memoir of the craft. I, between you teaching me about writing, Marveline, and Stephen King, I feel like the reason that I am even an adequate writer is because of you and Stephen King. So thank you. Well, thank you. Even my name in a sentence with a person who's been so prolific. But that is actually when you do coaching, when we teach seminars, um, the one of the first things we say is it's almost required reading if you want to even consider doing something on on a professional level or even on an excellent level go get the book it's a super short read and it's very entertaining and inspiring actually and if you think it's Stephen King so it's going to be monsters and clowns that live in sewers and lizard monsters from out of space and ghosts and stuff no, 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 no. It's no, about no. the craft of writing and how to be a good writer. And I think we can probably all agree that when you've sold millions and millions of books, as Stephen King has, he's got a pretty good grip on what it means on to be to a good it. writer. Right. Yeah. And you don't, if you decide you want to write your story, you don't have to think, I have to be excellent. Mm. Just put it on paper. Just start. Just get it down. It may turn into something you just leave for your family so they understand generations down the road something important that you learned. So, you know, one of the other things is whenever I've worked with private clients that are coaching clients that are trying to write a book, um, they always have that same question too. Well, how do I even get started? Put your butt in the chair and then run out and get a copy of on writing. I know there's it's, no magic sauce. There's no magic Booty sauce. Yes, but uh, that's the way to do it. The real way. The real way. Don't use artificial intelligence. Don't oh my <laughs> don't make up something. Don't have somebody else make up something for you. If it's a story that's worth sharing, it's worth you sharing it. And so and if I want to encourage. If you want to share, it's worth sharing. Yeah, it's definitely worth writing down because just what you learn about yourself through the writing process is absolutely valuable. Absolutely valuable. And it it is one of our favorite things to 
have the occasional opportunity to work with new writers, but we always get to work with people who've had experiences, traumas, and need to find a way for self-compassion, for compassion for others, narrative that you were doing as a kid and the 18, 18-year-old 18 kid who never even heard the term narrative as it relates to healing and healthcare and resiliency, you were already having to practice it. So and That's where I often tell people the it. writing of stories, the listening and sharing of stories. This isn't rocket surgery, right? It's just us rocket being surgery. rocket surgery. <laughs> it's just us being human and being present to our fellow human beings and their sufferings too. It's just yes. being human. Just be being human. human. Yeah. So thank you all so much for joining us for this episode of Compassion and Courage, Conversations in Healthcare. As always, if there is anything that you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast or any special guests, please feel free to reach out to me at marcusengel.com, M-A-R-C-U-S-Engel.com. That's also the place to go for booking speeches, consulting, narrative work, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Thank you all so, so much for being with us on this episode of Compassion and Courage. Thank you.